Dear Lord, thank you, Father, for this opportunity, Lord, you give us, Father, to learn more about your will, to learn more about your word, and to learn more about your way. I pray that something said or done, dear Lord, that may continue to challenge us to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, the title for um, Luke 5, 27 is Training, Turning Sinners into Disciples, Turning Sinners into Disciples. Um, um, and starting with <clears throat> verse 27, as we see here, um, we see um, the call of one of Jesus' disciples, um, or we see that one is called to follow him um, and I'll just I'll, I'll go straight in from, from here uh, starting with verse 27 of chapter 5 and, he, and after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom and he said unto him follow me and he left all rose up and followed him uh, the first thing we see is a call uh, we see that um, uh, the publican also I believe Matthew, I, I want to say, I want to make, that's Matthew. Yes. Um, and Matthew is called, and I, I had to look up because I always was told that a publican was a tax uh, collector or one who collects his taxes. And um, this is the reason why the Jews didn't like them, not because they collected taxes, but because they collected more than they were required to collect. And so they were often hated. And so since they were often hated for taking more than that, than they would, uh, than they should be uh, taken, um, they were, were basically not, not so much isolated because I wouldn't say isolated because they probably hung with their other friends who were also publicans, but they were not liked among the people. But verse 27 and 28 shows who Jesus truly is. Jesus is not who we think he is. We want Jesus to come on the scene and get the the man that's on the street who is poor and make him rich. We want him to come and get the man or the woman that's on that's out and that's like um that's lame or that needs to be healed. Jesus would do all of those things, but he's also come to save those who we ourselves would be like, nope, they don't need to be saved. Um, Jesus comes and saves the one in whom everyone dislikes or hates. And so that's what we see first. He says, come and follow me. And he left all, rose up and followed him. In verse 28, we see that um, he left all. Um, um, Jesus tells us in, in, in scripture to deny ourselves and that is very hard to deny ourselves and I can imagine here that if he were very rich um, Matthew turning away from all of the money from all of the fortune whatever he might have had him turning and following Jesus would be a very very difficult decision but it says that he left all rose up and followed him and Jesus knows exactly how to touch our hearts. He knows exactly how to deal with our minds. He knows exactly what we need. He knows when we need it. And he can have us turn and follow him. And so that is exactly what we see. In verse 29, he said, And Levi made a great feast in his own house, and there was great company. 
Republicans and others that sat down with them. The next thing we see is great joy. Um, not only is he changed and he's saved and he, he turns his life around because he's following Jesus. He has great joy as a result of it. Um, as we start this Christian race, we all um, often start off with great joy. Uh, for the simple fact of we're very excited, very happy to be saved. Um, I never talked about um, I never talked about how I uh, was saved. I don't know if y'all remember on on TVN um, the Power Team. Do y'all remember the Power Team? Uh, <laughs> we went to go see the Power Team live too. Um, but one day, as I was watching the Power Team, you know they would take these. Um, we don't even use them no more. But it's the hot, you know, you used to put the hot water in it mm-hmm. and you would seal it. What's the, the uh, I don't even know the name of it anymore. But they, huh? Hot water bottle. Hot water it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a bottle. It, it was more like one of those whoopee cushions that you would sit on, but you, it's a hot water bottle. All right, a hot water bottle. They would take those and they would blow them up. You know, this is all a result of like what they were doing. They would blow it up and then it would blow it up, put so much air in it that it would, it would eventually um, burst like you blowing an air balloon up. They would take iron bars and they would take the bar and they put it on the head and they bend it and you know all these different things. Now I'm thinking like, man, <laughs> I really want to know if this really if that was some like magic behind that. But nonetheless, they they did all those things and then at the end they would they would um, they would introduce or they would they would uh, proclaim and tell you how to be saved. And I remember sitting on the couch and accepting Jesus, you know, as my Lord and Savior as a result of them saying that. Um, but there's great joy. You know, I remember all those little things that happened as while it before, happened up to the point of them getting ready to explain the gospel. And no doubt here, um, he has great joy. And as a result of that great joy, notice who is all invited to the feast. Who's all invited? It says great company and the publicans and others sat down with them. So all who were like Matthew were invited to come and sit down, not with Matthew or not just with Matthew, but with who? Jesus. Jesus. So they sit down and it's just like he goes and he tells all his buddies, all his friends, hey, I met someone who can change your life. But with that always comes great conflict. Verse 30 says, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples saying, why do you eat with drink, eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Why are you eating and drinking with publicans and sinners? As I said earlier in verse 27, that Jesus does things that are different or not of the norm. Um, here he's sitting and eating with those who need his help. So all of us need Jesus. All of us need his help. But they are there that sitting and they're eating with Jesus. And they are these. I don't know how to call them, but I call them the churchies, the church ones, the ones who are like, I don't know if he's saved, man. Don't sit with him. Uh, you know, man, sister or brother so-and-so, here they come walking in, not looking religious, not looking holier than thou, not looking the part, 
not looking like who we think they should look like. And they walk in and there's this, there's this elite, elitism that goes on. Like only those who act this way should be able to sit at the table. And us as Christians, we must be very, very, very cautious as to how we deal with not only God's people, but those whom we are evangelizing to. Because sometimes I think we forgot that we ourselves were ratchet before we became righteous. Um, do we go out and do we see people and like, they don't know no better. I can't hang with them. Or do we go out and say, hey, I remember I used to do so and so. I used to do this. I used to do that. But Christ changed me. I remember when this happened and the only one I can depend on was Jesus. Are we scared to shake their hands? Are we scared to stand next to them because they smell a certain way, look a certain way? I remember listening to um, um, an evangelist or someone who was uh, a missionary. And a missionary said that, that when they would go out to missions, that some of the people would smell, the smell on them would be so, so bad that they would feel like they would have to throw up. But they had to stand next to them in order, in order to be able to meet them where they are to give them Christ. And so these people here, the publicans, the Pharisees and the, um, the scribes and the Pharisees, they are just religious folk. And the question is always to us as believers, what are we? Are we saved or are we just religious I'd rather be saved than religious. I'd rather be saved than religious. Can you shake the man hand who's on the street who looks dirty? I mean, we can come back in and wash our hands, but we ourselves have been clean. <clears throat> Moving to verse uh, 31. And Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. It's, it's amazing that Jesus says this um, for the simple fact of the scribes and Pharisees are in need of Jesus, too. <laughs> but if you look at them, their outward appearance would say that they're OK. But inward says that they need to change. And we all, we all need that. And here in this verse, Jesus says, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And Jesus is, is very, very good about how he describes things. Because when we think about they that are whole and they that are sick, we think about what? Germs. Germs. We think about, well, let me say it this way. They that are healthy and they that are ill, what do we think about? If someone's healthy, they do what? Eat healthy. Exercise. They look healthy. <laughs> Their clothes fit. But someone who's, who is ill, what do we think about them? Sick. At the doctor. We go check on them. 
can't go to work. All of those different things, we think about those things when we think about it. And Jesus here is so good at describing what we need. He said, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And so those who are sick are those who are truly need to be saved. But those who feel like they're whole are self-righteous. Think they're better than others. Think they don't need Jesus are the first ones to tell you when you did something wrong, but cannot admit that they did something wrong. But the humility of Christ allows for us to see that we need him and we cannot do without him. But in verse 32, it says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And it's also interesting that Jesus says this as well, because are the scribes and Pharisees righteous? Or are they righteous in their own eyes? It's very interesting that he says that. Now, do they do the rituals? Do they do all of the things that they are commanded to do? Oh, yeah, they're going to do it all. But sometimes you find that some of our religious friends be saying some some things yeah. and then you hang around somebody who's not religious and you're like man I have never heard them say they on time to work they don't they don't steal they come in and the one that says Jesus 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 be the main right. calling sinners to repentance And all of us are in need of Jesus. All of us. I don't want that point to be missed. All of us are in need of Jesus. All of us should be um, called to repentance. But some of us have the mindset that we do not need him. And of course, is the opening of of God uh, dealing with our our hard heart and making us off. That is true. But these scribes and these Pharisees are no doubt in need of the same thing that the sinners are in need of because they themselves are sinners. In verse 33, and they said unto him, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, the disciples of Pharisees, but thine eat and drink, thine eat and drink. And he said unto them, can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the day will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them and then shall they fast in those days. This is one of the things where I had to had to read and kind of had to go over to get an understanding of because I was like, new wine? And we're going to get down to that. Bridegroom? Nah. It's like, why did they ask a good question? But Jesus is on the scene. And as I said earlier, there's a lot of joy that's going on. There's a whole lot of joy that is going on because Jesus is on the scene. I can imagine if Jesus was here right now, he is with us. Let me let me be (laughs) clear about that. He's in us. The spirit dwells in us. But if Jesus were here physically with us right now, boy, we'd be boy, we'd probably be the boldest Christians. (laughs) We'd be so bold, man. We be so happy because when we when we say, look, Jesus can heal you like physically. Jesus is right here. Like Jesus reach and touch him. 
Jesus can save you. Jesus is physically right here and he can save you. Jesus is the best thing. We don't even have to sing the song. He's right here physically in front of us. Jesus is everything. Jesus is right here. And I can just imagine the joy that the disciples had that Jesus was with them. And they've already seen miracles. They, they, they know how Jesus operates. They know what Jesus does. And he, he took the bread and made more bread. He took the fish and made more fish. He made everybody sit down and everybody ate and there was leftovers. Unlike when your family come in town and take the leftovers. Jesus still had leftovers. So just imagine how much joy they had. And then they ask him, why don't they fast often? Could it be that they're overwhelmed with joy? Could it be that they don't need to fast at this moment? But Jesus responds in 34. He said, can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? No, because there's great joy. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days often. Sometimes we try to put things on the new believers that are too heavy. It's just too much. And you're saying, you got to do this. You got to do that. You don't do this. Don't do that. Make sure you follow that. Make sure you follow this instead of just day by day with Jesus day by day because there's some things that we used to do that we don't do anymore day by day day by day and a day gonna come when some of us just like look I'm not gonna eat (laughs) I'm gonna fast because I need this so that I can make sure I'm continuing to grow in Christ and the day came when Jesus died and he left them and they scattered and then Jesus rose and then he told them what to do and they went out and they lived and died for him. But this wasn't the time because Jesus was there with them and they had great joy. And he, and he spake a parable unto them. No man put it a piece of new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new making a rent and the, the piece that was taken out of the new agreed not with the old. And and no man put it new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also having drunk old wine straightway, straightway desire it new, for he said the old is better. I also had to look at this as well just to um, get a better understanding. And here... Um, there's this comparison of the old and the new. And so the disciples are now on the scene. And of course, the scribes, the Pharisees have always been doing what they have been doing. And they're practicing those those rituals or, or the things in which they believe that they should practice. And so Jesus is telling them the time going to come when what you're doing, the disciples are going to have to do themselves. But right now, there's no need for you to put all of that in them. Just like we tell the kids, just wait till you get old or wait till you get out of my house or wait till this happens. And then when they get old and they get to that age (laughs) where they have to do the things that you taught them to do, 
they are able to use it in a way that is beneficial for them and those who they are helping, which are their kids who are growing up after them. But if you put it all on them and you tell them to use it for something that they don't need at this moment, will it be useful? Can it be useful? But Christ says, hey, they're going to use it. They're going to need it. The fasting, the praying, all of the different things that you are doing, all of the different things that you're saying, they're going to do it. But it will be at the time in where verse 35, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they shall then fast in those days. Jesus does not do away with these things. Jesus always, or I'll put it this way, Jesus comes on the scene to basically enlighten them and inform them of the things that they're doing. I like the commandments when Jesus talks about the commandments and he tells them, you said this, but, and Jesus expounds on what the commandments mean. And so here Jesus expounds. He is here. There's great joy in salvation. There's great joy in knowing Christ. There's great joy in being with Christ and God himself can save us and the ones who we think need to be saved or the ones, let me not say think need to be saved, the ones who we say are saved and are really religious individuals Christ shows and puts a light on what it truly means to be called out (laughs) Amen Dear God, thank you Father for this day, thank you for this time Thank you, Father, for just allowing us to see more of your word. Just pray that something said, something was said or done, dear Lord, that may continue to help us through this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.